Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, it's Brittany. And Windsor. And you're listening to Thanks, I Hate It, a bi-weekly social commentary podcast where two friends shoot the shit about social issues, mm-hmm. throw shade at unsuspecting targets, well, um, and finally get back into true crime. Finally? It's been, what, like six months? Um, we at least haven't touched it since last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know. haven't seen each other since last year, guys. Um, But we're going to see each other at the end. In about a month. A month in a month about a month. Now. God, I can't do math or think about how months work. Well, that's because you're sick again, ho. I know, right? I got sick again. Here's the thing, though. Charles has had the flu, pneumonia, and now COVID. How he's not dead is blowing my mind. That's why his pressure's up. The flu, pneumonia, and then got COVID. Sir. Sir. So he's feeling pretty invincible. yeah. Yeah. I think I'm the only one of us that hasn't gotten it yet. You are. You are the only person that I know who has not. Oh, you and a lady at work who is just as crazy as you are. So it must be the crazy that keeps it away. But you know what? You guys. A win's a win. A A win is a win. win. Because the rest of us don't have lungs that are going to last. I was I I got the RSV and that knocked me on my ass. So um, I mean I wasn't free of disease. Like, Whoa, that's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and it oh it got I would be like oh I think I feel good enough to go to work tomorrow, and about eight o'clock at night I'd be like I was like oh I'm dying. Like that I would feel okay. Yeah, and then towards the end of the day, out goodbye. So when we first started texting about um recording tonight I was like yeah I'm feeling good and then I sat down to do my notes and I was just like oh I think I might die yeah what the fuck but I need you to not get COVID again because I will not be the last friend of us alive I can't get it again Shmary's had it twice I think Shmelissa twice now me twice yeah we can't go three for three I don't think our bodies can handle it we're elderly. I mean, thankfully, it's been relatively mild for you because you're healthy. But like, we we're we're getting up there. We're middle aged. We're too old to be fucking around with this shit. Yeah, we're too old to be fucking around and finding out anyway. Because one, our our bones can't handle it. Our joints can't handle it. Our hearts can't handle it. Our lungs can't handle it. You know what we can't handle though? Illinois. Oh wait, no. We can't handle Illinois. 
Well, we're going to have to because it's we're going to have to. I mean, not all of it's horrible, but it is the Midwest. So, I mean, and I think that's the worst part about Illinois is the fact that it is in the Midwest. Because, I mean, no, no hate to Chicago because, you know, that's one of the most beautiful cities in this country. It's also I just found out today, not the capital of Illinois. Fucking Springfield is the capital of Illinois. Springfield, Illinois. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, it's got to be Chicago. That only makes sense. Nope. Nope. Because we are not a nation of things that make sense. Nope. 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 So today let's talk about it. Yeah, we're going to jump into True Crime Supernatural um, for the state of Illinois, which is where we left off last year, because I believe our last True Crime Supernatural was Georgia. No, Hawaii. It was Hawaii. And mm -hmm. the crime was literally America stealing this land. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was like the summer because we went to bi-weekly recording. So, and we took a vacation. Didn't have to kill anyone. Yeah. Yeah, because we're kind of over the whole like, true crime thing as a as it pertains to the uh, true crime culture because you know yes. we still watch forensic files to the day I fucking die but the thing about forensic files is is that they have the family's permission because the families are on it talking about it oh right definitely because I be watching cold case files and I have been watching cold case files literally and their families up there talking about it oven. And yes, their families be up there having communication, having conversations. And that's the type of true crime wave that I came in on mm-hmm. um, and that Windsor came in on. We came in on the one where like, the families yeah, we were can, involved. Yeah, we can kiki, we can haha, because I mean, we have enough trauma so we can make traumatic jokes. But at the same time, the whole true crime podcast thing, the vast majority of them do not do it well. Yeah, it's even the most popular gross. of y'all, some of y'all's included. Yes, gross. So before I get into the crime that we're going to be doing for Illinois, I'm going to give you a couple little weird facts about Illinois. They're actually not weird. So first and foremost, it was the 21st state to join the union. Okay. It's sometime called the Prairie State. I guess that's the Midwest in it. Yeah, that's definitely the Midwest in it. Their state slogan is the land of Lincoln, the man who did free all the slaves. No. But he was our first gay president. He was our first gay president. And I believe his wife was our first um, bisexual first lady. Oh, yeah. She was definitely getting hers. That's why she didn't have nothing to say about him getting his. Listen, because there's things that there's things families don't talk about still to this day. And and it's literally 2023 now. Exactly. The state fossil is the Tully monster, which I meant to look up, but I went to sleep instead. Valid. Um, Wow, I just said the state slogan was the land of Lincoln. I also have the the state slogan. We're at three different sayings for this state now. State sovereign, national union, which is contradictory. Yeah, Um, a little bit, a little bit. And my last little... Incy wincy fact about the state is that their state snack is popcorn, which sounds so basic. No, but so, they do have oh oh, but it's valid. Have you ever had fucking Chicago popcorn? No, I just found that out about it today. Shit is amazing. So when me, Melissa, and them went to uh Anderson Cooper's filming, um, I think it was for Redacted. Yeah, redacted. Um, they gave us they had like some of that Chicago popcorn, they were giving it out. The only thing Chicago is not good for is pizza. I fucking said it. 
you Here's can the thing. at me. I was it's watching- not pizza. It's a pie. It's literally a pie. It's not pizza. I was watching the show called Southside, which is about Southside of Chicago. And in it, they kept saying, people from Chicago don't eat this pizza. Like we can tell when you're from out of town, if you come and eat a Chicago deep dish. It is a fucking pie. It's a pizza pie. That's what it is. I'm from New Haven. Raised in New Haven for the past 35 years. We got the best pizza in the fucking country. And that's not a fucking, it's not, it's not, there's, it's not a question. It is what it is. So I'm assuming then that um, Illinois has the best popcorn and I will have to try this out. Yes. But I will say that there, the Chicago deep dish is good. It's just not a pizza. And that's my hill to die on. Not a pizza. The Italians say it's not a pizza. That little baby. That little baby who was like, Lizzie, you're not listening. Wouldn't be happy. Exactly, exactly. Did you have any weird crimes? I No, I have some weird laws. So yes, apparently yes, yes. there's a um a a city called or a town called Normal. That sounds like a lie. Yeah. But in normal, it is illegal to make faces at dogs. Like, who the fuck are you? What kind of monster doesn't go, oh, look at the who's the the baby in the whole wide world? So what I'm going to assume happens is they're not allowed to have dogs in normal. Period. No dogs. It is illegal to give a pet a cigar. Yes, valid. But I want to know why this law was created. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) It is illegal to eat in a burning building. Okay. You know what? It's a valid point. Yeah. Valid. Mm-hmm. In Chicago, Chicago, it is illegal to take a French poodle to the opera. But a pit bull must be good. Which as it should be. Number five. Oh, fuck. In Eureka, it is illegal for a man with a mustache to kiss a woman. He can only but kiss it doesn't say man. kiss a man. That's right. Ah, That's right. That is progressive thinking there. Go those, Eureka. Yes, those bear daddies get it on. So this I feel is a personal vendetta against people like us, even though we don't do this particular activity. You don't know that. But, but like apparently it's not like Chicago is not like Walmart. In Chicago, it is illegal to go fishing in your pajamas. <laughs> and then their Support little, it. yeah. And then in their little, uh, like little the thing thing, it says instead wear an overpriced Columbia fishing vest. It is also illegal to give whiskey to dogs. Again, why the fuck do we have these laws? Because the world hates us. This brings us back to Arkansas. Arkansas. It is illegal to mispronounce Joliet as Joliet. But that's what it is. It's Joliet. I don't even know where this place is in the state. So fuck it. What is it? Joliet? It's It's Joliet like toilet. Joliet's prettier. In Ottawa, it is illegal to spit on the sidewalk. Good. Because that's just fucking nasty. Disgusting. In Kellenworth, a rooster must stand back 300 feet from a residence if it wishes to crow. 
Yeah. That cock better listen. I think it's only respectful. Yeah. So they need to know that they need to back the fuck up. The cock needs to stay in their fucking place as they should. Always. Always. So. Dun, dun, dun. What is our crime? So our crime, um, you're probably expecting like an H.H. Holmes or a John Wayne Gacy. or nah, we ain't doing that shit. Day Massacre. No, bitch. Because I'm sick. We did the Valentine's Day Massacre already, though. Did we? Oh, shit, we did. See, it's a good thing I didn't fucking pick that one, which I started to do. So then you would have felt real stupid because we already had the notes. Oh, that would have pissed me off. That would have pissed me off more than redoing the crime. But you just redid the work. The fact that I redid the work would have pissed me off. No, we are talking about the unfortunate and untimely demise of Ying Ying Zhang in Chicago. So this crime is really fucked. And I was kind of pissed off about it. I get pissed off about a lot of crime. So we're talking about Ying Ying Zhang. She was born in the Fujian province of China in the year 1990. So she wasn't even in the 80s. She was a little sweet baby angel. She was also a super fucking smarty pants. Because she graduated at the top of her class at Sun Yat-sen University and then went on to get her master's from Peking University in China. So she's super intelligent. And not only did she do these things, she did them in fucking science. Like she's a science person, which is... Because anybody can bullshit their way through some like literature. Yep. Anybody can go into like European so sure. Renaissance history or social work apps. A fucking because all you really got to do is bullshit your way through that. Listen, going into social work and finishing a social work degree is literally just being able to manipulate people into agreeing with your bad ideas. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. And so she went into something that you can't bullshit your way through. She literally went into the actual sciences. So this baby genius was considering getting her PhD and she's not like the rest of us people with masters where we go through this shit like once a year, like, mm, I should go back to college. I should get my PhD. No, she was fully ready to go on a PhD. But before she hopped into a program, she wanted to give it kind of like a test drive. And so she entered the Chinese Academy of Science as a Chinese scholar studying photosynthesis and something else. I apparently didn't write what the other thing was. And this was at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. I feel like those could be really cool places, but I know that they're not. Uh, I know that they fucking suck. So before getting into that program, she says, hey, I'm going to go for a year as a fucking scholar to this place in the middle of the United States, that Illinois, what does that even mean? And I'm going to see if I like their program. And then if everything goes well, I might apply for their PhD program. So Yingying arrived in April of 2017 to begin her scholarly work. The plan, I, from what I was reading, apparently was in October to go back to China to marry her longtime boyfriend. And then I'm assuming they're both coming back to Illinois so that she can continue to be just Mm -hmm. an intellectual badass. But all of this came to like a resounding halt in June of 2017. So we're barely three months outside of her arriving. 
So Yang Yang started her life in Illinois, I'm assuming, but I can't find any, you know, definitive information, living with friends or people that she met, met as a part of her program. Mm-hmm. So on June 9th of that same year, Ying Yang finally found a place and she's going to go sign a lease for her new apartment. She's very excited for it. She's mm-hmm. really face deep in her research and shit. And so she's just like, I've got a little bit of time to go sign this lease. And then I've got to get back to science because science is what's paying the goddamn bills. And so she gets off a bus and she misses her next bus. And so she's like, fuck. So she walks to the next bus stop and misses that bus. Now she's fucking furious because we've all missed a bus train. Oh, plane, yes. What it, well, not playing. God, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Uh, our anxiety would never, <laughs> no, never. Like we can't deal with We're that. at the fucking airport four hours early. We are our parents in that situation. But a, um, a play or no, a bus or train. I definitely missed, missed my train absolutely have missed a train before and so at 1 39 p.m she texts the leasing agent and she says hey bitch i'm running late but i'm like trying to catch another bus i'm on my way i'm assuming the leasing agent says cool you know be easy unfortunately after she gets to that next um bus stop which is in front of the pbs radio building at the college the bus it leaves so now she's missed another bus and she's fucking furious same z's girl and so at Two o'clock, two p.m. on the dot. You see a bus, or a bus, a dark colored car pass in front of her and go around the corner. And at two o three, you see this exact same car come back around around the corner and stop in front of where Ying Ying was standing. So they had like a really quick combo, maybe about a minute, and then Ying Ying gets into the car, and she's oh, never no, seen again. Sweetie, yeah, I know, right? Jesus Christ. So at 2.38 p.m., Ying Ying's realtor is like, hey, bitch, where the fuck are you? Because I've been waiting here all this time for you and you never text back. You never got in touch with me again. Are we signing the lease or not? Ying Ying doesn't respond. Later that evening, um, Ying Ying's friends have been reaching out to her all day because they didn't expect this task to take very long. They literally mm-hmm. thought she was going to the leasing office, signing her lease and coming back. It was supposed to be a relatively quick like event. Around nine that evening, they finally start getting in touch with Policia. So they're Mm -hmm. just like, we don't know what happened to our friend. It's really weird. She's not from around here. And now she's not answering calls, texts, um, emails, anything. Like, I'm assuming she had really smart friends, science and advanced studies. So they knew call, text, email, FaceTime, Facebook Mm -hmm. Messenger, Snapchat, everything, WhatsApp. They got all the chats just looking for her. And because of their diligence, they were able to get this search party train working really quickly. So the police, the um, campus police, who are usually the bad guys, um, the FBI, Mm -hmm. they all start looking with these friends for this student because she's seemingly disappeared off the face of the earth. Yingying's family flew in from China and literally the whole area is looking for her even crime stoppers puts out one of the highest rewards in the history of their state at fifty thousand dollars for any information that will lead to ying ying hopefully safety but safely yeah but we know how things fucking go unfortunately things don't come together as you would want them to and basically the last place that ying ying is seen is with this car so the police um police i wrote the police policed harder than ever um <laughs> the police did their thing they for did once. and they determined that the car that they were that the lie for, detector that 
determined that was a lie. Okay. It was a lie. Later, we will find out it was a fucking lie. Um, oh. But oops, they determined that there were only, that, that the car was a Saturn Astra, which I've never seen these fucking cars. Um, I probably have seen them and I just can't name them because it's a Saturn and they don't even make the motherfuckers anymore. But there were only 18 in the area that yeah, matched the car that picked Saturns, the only Saturns that we ever saw never had the right paint color on them. Exactly. Because the paint always came off. So it was a Saturn what? Astra. Astra. Well, now I have to look it up too. A Saturn Astra is literally a fucking basic ass. Oh, that is not a cute car. It's not. So, um, there are 18 Saturn Astros that match the description of the car that Yingying was last seen getting into. One of those Saturn Astros had a damaged hubcap. Mm-hmm. And that was the Saturn Astro that was in the video. And it was also the Saturn Astro that belonged to University of Illinois PhD student Brent Christensen. The name oh, sounds so like that's he's a goddamn why she got bomb. in there. Because she knew him. So they don't believe that they actually knew one another. But they they, but went, they saw they each went, other. They went to the same school. And he was just like, oh, yeah, I'm a PhD student here. I'm assuming. And she being caring and kind and, you know, sweet baby angel, she likely didn't think it too much further beyond that. This nice guy's going to yeah. give her a ride. So the police, oh, they still policed harder than they'd ever policed before. So Christensen lied and said that he didn't remember ever picking anybody up he didn't know what they were talking about he didn't know who they were talking about and Mm -hmm. that because his wife was out of town he likely believed that he was sleeping or playing video games which is the ultimate male answer none of our spouses will ever be able to have like a real alibi mine will because my husband don't play that shit oh well charles be sleeping and playing video games he he just gets too bored and it makes the the movement gives him motion sickness um, me too. But if Charles. you say and sleeping, if you say sleeping, he got you. No, for real. Like, ugh, exactly. So despite this bitch's lies, the police were able to match the um, sunroof on the car and the damaged hubcap to Brent's car. They were just like, listen, this guy's an asshole. He's a fucking liar. So we're pretty sure that this is the guy we got him dead to rights. But they did it because they needed something more solid Mm -hmm. than their assumptions. And so some people call this person his girlfriend. Um, I don't know if he had a wife and a girlfriend. I don't know if he had a wife and both people were a wife. Exactly. Men ain't shit, 2023. Um, Or if he had if they were both girlfriends it doesn't matter basically this female in his life was like i'm gonna prove that he's not guilty so i'll wear a wire and we will just clear all this up but <laughs> i want to know how that worked out for her during the conversation with his wife girlfriend he stated that not only did he remember picking yingying up but he ultimately brought her to his home held her against her will and ultimately killed her and dismembered her body like a bitch so on what was the reason what was the reason and so there are stories that went around about um he picked her up he took a wrong turn and she started flipping out and she was just like no this is not the right way and that he got either angry at that point and so some people are saying that my thing is how did you get her into your apartment just willy-nilly if that was the case 
But by the end of the month on June 30th, the day of the Pride Parade, this bitch was arrested for kidnapping and he was later charged with kidnapping that led to death and two counts of lying to federal agents. Um, it took very little time for the jury to deliberate during his trial. And in July of 2019, Christensen was convicted on all counts and he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. <sighs> and so now he is in a Florida prison because he is a ward of the state. He is state property and he can't decide where he wants to go. So and they sell it to the highest bidder. Yes. And he was sold. We talk about that shit. We actually haven't talked about that yet. How jails be doing that? That'll be forthcoming, but he deserved it. He did. I hope it. he fucking rot because he didn't have to do all that. He did it. And unfortunately, her body was never able to be yeah. recovered. And so her parents just had to go back to China without their Which, daughter, with like, only the cold comfort of knowing that and her. In their culture, that is really, really bad. Yeah. And so they was ready for him to be. Yeah. Like they were like, listen, we built a guillotine. Let's fucking go. And the judge was like, I'm sorry, we can't do that. So yeah. that is the murder of Ying Ying Zhang. Um, I'm sure Ying she Ying. touched a many people's lives. I hope and you're resting. Like, I hope you're resting peacefully, sweetie. Yes. You didn't deserve that. No, but honestly, out of everybody in this world, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves that. It was it was bitch move. Like honestly, and had he just assaulted her, he would have maybe done. He, I'm assuming he is white. His name is Brett. He would have Brett, gotten, which is he like would the, have where served, all the bad stories start. He would have served six months because a jury would have been like, "Oh, but you know, this will ruin his life," and he would have been like six months later, he would have been good, and she would have been living her life back home in China. Yep, with her husband and her she'd been a professor which is what she always wanted yep. to do and that bitch was smart as fuck so she definitely could have done it that's why you know what this is take this as a lesson don't get in a car with anybody don't get in a car with anybody even if they say i'm friends with your mom you should know that no. your mom oh have definitely friends. not because yeah your mom don't got no fucking friends and if she do got friends and you don't know them you know it's a goddamn lie because her two friends be at the house all the time exactly if anyway. you can't name them, it doesn't happen. Exactly. Like, your mom told me to come pick you up. No, the fuck she didn't. Nope. Because she's like, if I miss the bus, I'm fucking walking home. So I know yep. goddamn well she didn't tell nobody to get me. So. Are you ready to go to Caucasianville? Yeah, I'm ready to go to Whitesville. So I am talking about the haunting of 92 Rainbow Road. Mm -mm. which is located in Barrington, Illinois, <laughs> which this article quotes as a bucolic village. I don't know what that means. Approximately 40 miles northwest of Loop. And it looks exactly the way city dwellers might imagine a quiet, wealthy suburb. Um, <laughs> I live in Connecticut. I know plenty of quiet, wealthy suburbs. Yes, yes, you And do. they don't tip for shit, just so y'all know. No, no, they don't. At all. Fuckers. The houses are big, the lawns are short, and the people are polished. They don't wear their pajamas 
sufficient. Okay. Former residents of this town include Kristen Cavallari. She's some sort of reality TV person. She was on the hills. Oh, okay. And uh, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Vikings. So this must be Lizzo's new man. Quarterback Kirk Cousins. Ooh, Lizzo's boyfriend is on the Minnesota Vikings? Apparently, remember? New man on the Minnesota Vikings. No, I remember it. I just Two didn't know that, that was an actual thing. Go on. No, but this person lived, who played on the Minnesota Vikings, used to live in this town. Ooh. And teenagers, because, you know, they always got to make fun of something, calls it Borington. Rats go to hell. <laughs> Barrington, however, quote unquote, is not boring. The town, which has slightly more than 10,000 residents, contains only slightly fewer ghost stories. Its past include mysterious accidents, desecrated graves, sketchy safe houses, and the burned torso, torso of a mafia stool pigeon. I don't know what that means, but somebody fucked around and found out. They did. Uh, locals going on about their business on the Northwest Highway near Cuba Road are driving the same stretch of road where Babyface Nelson, on his way home from Bar to Barrington in 1934, got a bloody machine gun battle. I mean, it's a machine gun battle. I would assume it's bloody. The fuck? And it took his life and the lives of two Bureau agents. Now, this is where it gets real white. The town reenacted the shootout in 2015 in a parking lot on Lions Parkway just behind a McDonald's. Why the fuck would you tell me that? It That is the most white thing that I've literally ever heard in my fucking life. They were like, actually, we're going to reenact this whole shit. This whole mafia machine gun shootout with the fucking FBI. At least it wasn't a black person who lost their life that they were. Thank God. Oh, and a plaque commemorates the site in nearby Ligendorf Park, <sighs> not far from the pickleball courts. You know, it gets worse every moment. Pickleball. Every every chance. Yep. So now that we're in Barrington, we're gonna go to 92 Rainbow Road. The house no longer sits on this property. Uh, it was abandoned, so the city sold it to a developer. Yeah, okay. Tucked deep into the woods behind a foreboding iron gate and a tantalizingly long driveway. It was tantalizing. Uh, that tantalizingly long dick! There was a house. The house is long gone no more than a ghost lost to the forest and the inevitable bulldozer of a suburban developers. This article is so fucking dramatic and I love it's it. It's so deserves, dramatic. It deserves a Pulitzer. A Pulitzer. But its stories live on, passed around like a joint by teenagers thirsty for something, anything to break the infinite boredom of suburban adolescence. Get the fuck out of here. This is like. This is so dramatic. Unquote. Yes. Like a joint. 
This is so funny. This is why this article is why I picked this. And the house still haunts people who once lived there. The sister who witnessed her brother's accidental death. A little girl who lay awake hearing noises in the attic. A caretaker son who believes he grew up in the most exciting and terrifying place on earth. As the years and their lives settle into something far more ordinary, memories still reach out and beckon them like an icy cold finger in the night. This article is amazing. The article is psychotic. <laughs> in a place where solid, verifiable fact has a way of blurring into half-baked rumors, the house on Rainbow Road was shrouded in mystery, too, for a generation of Barrington residents. Long after the last owners moved out and left the house abandoned because they really said, you know what, I ain't fucking, you know what, the bank can have it. I'm done. It was a terrifying rite of passage to hop on the iron gate and explore the decaying grounds in search of ghosts and adrenaline. This is the best article I've ever read in my life. No, it's dramatic. Those bold enough to venture all the way down to the basement were supposedly met with the blood in pentagrams drawn by the kids before them. To some locals, memories of the secluded property still, still chill their blood. And here's the crazy thing. A surprising number of the legends are true. <gasps> boom, boom, boom. In its heyday, the house at 92 Rainbow Road was a brazen declaration of wealth. Built in the early 1960s, so when my mama was born. Get out of town. It boasted comforts that wouldn't be standard in most home for decades. Satellite TV, marble floor, a gourmet kitchen, a waterfall cascaded beneath a grand staircase into a pond stocked with koi fish and a curvy bar that was decorated with pictures of racehorses that the patriarch owned at Arlington Park. Even the powder room was adorned with velvet wallpaper and 24 karat gold fixtures. Okay, so they have money money and yes, they did. I wish I had money money like that. I could fucking tell you I wouldn't have 24 karat gold fixtures. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean back. I gotta lean back because this is giving me life. Whee! This is really why I moved my, my situation here. Not your situation, bitch. Isolated and picturesque, the land around the house had long been ideal for residents in search of privacy. Once belonging to the to the Potawatomi Chippewa and Ottawa tribes, the rural area now known as Barrington was quote unquote founded. This is honestly why this article is the best, because they did founded. In 1854, by New York farmers who enjoyed large swaths of property far from the prying eyes of government interference. That's right. That's fucking right. The unchecked freedom led to inevitable violence from Rainbow Road's very start. In 1877, a farmer named Peter Davison, angry that the my cousin. nascent, the nascent, I don't fucking know, the nascent road was infringing on his orchard. Don't tread on my orchard. Don't tread on my orchard. 
built a blockade along the road, harassed travelers, and ultimately shot a road commissioner named John Robertson through the chin. John the shot of Jingleheimer Schmidt. The Schmidt. The shot accidental, claimed Davidson, sent Davidson to prison and Robertson to the cemetery. This is so fucking amazing. Barrington drew farmers from its early days, then drew wealthy Chicagoans looking for a retreat from bustling city life. From fucking city life, that's what I heard. Bustling. bustling. By the 1930s, every outlaw from Al Capone to Don Dillinger seemed to have connections in Barrington, perfectly situated between Chicago, where they worked, and Wisconsin, where they played. The quote, quote, the criminal element in Chicago was able to use the newly built Northwest Highway to get away from the city, either for pleasure to Lake Geneva or as a hideout if things were heating up in Chicago, says Katie Mills, a librarian and history buff at the Barlington Area Library. The combination of the combination of privacy and little in the way of law enforcement interference didn't hurt. So if one wanted to, say, punish a Capone lieutenant named Mike DePike Heitler, Hitler, Heitler, who may have also been a rat. Let's go with both. Yeah, he was also a rat. By locking him in an ice house on a large, on a large estate and setting fire so hot that authorities can only identify the body based on his fault teeth, one could. Just saying. If that's something that they wanted to do, they could do that. Other strange tragedies over the years touched Barrington and its residents. On August 4th, 1972, four Vietnam War veterans identified as members of the DMAMA, a militant group whose members were implicated in slayings in Highland Park and Mani, invaded a secluded Barrington Hills house at random, intending to rob it. Instead, they killed everyone inside, a retired insurance executive, his wife, stepdaughter, and sister-in-law. The mansion as crime scared neighbors, some of whom bought guns and guard dogs in response. Where do they live? Fucking Florida? Jesus Christ. Right? With all the dark undercurrents running through the area, the house on Rainbow Road was already larger than life. From the 1960s to the 1980s, the 40-acre lot of land on a former turkey and squab farm was owned by an extravagantly successful real estate developer and his family, plus various staff, groundskeepers, pets, and farm animals. Just as a disclaimer, due to the traumatic nature of some events, family members will only discuss what happened on there on the condition of anonymity, but even a moderately interested web sleuth could determine more details. The sprawling woodsy grounds were a cartoon wonderland that included a heliport a six-car garage, a gas station, 50 phone lines, two barns, a giant playground, an apple orchard, multiple tennis courts, and a silo. <sighs> the family brought a couple alligators for a pond on the property, and they used to wander into the kitchen, recalls Robin, who was the third of the family's six children. Every morning before school, someone would call out, somebody go get the alligators and catch them and put them back into the pond, she says. It was a fairy tale house. It was a fairy tale pond. I feel like this is Florida and Chicago. It is. But like many fairy tale houses in the woods, it had a shadowy presence with a gruesome backstory. So on February 19th, 1968, uh, Billy 
Kopnauer III, who was the seven-year-old son of the groundskeeper who lived on the property, was climbing in the concrete bird bath near the front door of the main house. So his sister, who was four at the time, said she could hear the thing wobbling and she was standing nearby. Uh, she said he lost his footing and grabbed the top of the structure and it fell on him. Robin, who was in third grade at the time, says she witnessed the accident through a window inside the house and she tells a different story. She said she saw the bird bath lift up in the air, move over, and just fall on him. Fuck that. Uh, she said she tried to scream, but nothing was coming out. When the police arrived to investigate, Robin reportedly told them the same thing. No, it didn't tip over. It floated through the air. And the death was declared an accident, and the rest of the Kochnauer family moved out shortly after um, Robin, however, couldn't shake the feeling that some presence was haunting the property. She said there was something going on in that house. Her bedroom was right beneath the attic and something she says today was dragging itself across the auto attic floor. Her mother and her aunt repeatedly tried blessing the attic with holy water, but the sounds continued for much of her childhood. Nope. I will say that she saw something so traumatic it could she honestly probably saw what she thought she saw like i'm oh, not absolutely. saying she's lying but her brain may be using that as a trauma response because her brain couldn't handle that such a tragic thing happened her brain had to rationalize it by adding something else to it your brain on trauma it's hardcore yeah like it's literally just trying to see something so it can process it like an eight-year-old cannot process can something. Be, so, can that baby, I love you. Mm. An eight-year-old cannot process something so traumatic. I cannot process I something say. so traumatic. We just talked about intrusive thoughts. Do you think that would ever leave our head? No, it would be the most intrusive thought pattern. Like honestly, that we've ever I had. I could see unaliving as a result of this. One hundred percent. Easy. So. The disturbances weren't confined solely to the main house. Colin Santee, who lived on the grounds with his family in the 80s while his father served as the last, latest in a long line of caretakers, 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 it's all good, recalled seeing a ghost in his bedroom one night and chasing it down the hall in his skivvies and chasing it down the hall in his Batman under ruse. Yes. Growing yes. up on Rainbow Road was confusing as confusing and wonderful, he says. There was always a band playing somewhere on the property and the barbecues and wonderfulness, but there was always the presence. That place was crazy haunted. But it wasn't ghosts that haunted the owner of the property. By the mid-1980s, his enormous real estate empire included everything from suburban shopping centers and country clubs to developments in Tennessee and Florida, but he was starting to face multiple legal issues. Following a divorce, the family vacated the property around 1986 in, in typically enigmatic fashion. Yes. The Don't family know what that appeared, means, but it sounds bad. Yes, the family appeared to leave in a hurry, taking some furniture and valuables, but leaving other items in the home with caregivers. The house still had forks in the kitchen drawers, pictures on the walls, and like one visitor during this time, a creepy statue sitting by the fireplace of a goat-like creature with horns. 
and Colin Get said, the fuck out of town. There was always the presence that place was crazy haunted. So the properties changed hands and the house sitters moved on. The unoccupied house fell into limbo. Raised on tales about phantom sightings around the nearby White Cemetery, bored teenagers who had heard rumors about the house on Rainbow Road for years stepped into the void. Now, all they had to do was scale the white Art Deco wall and see for themselves. Get and they did. Town. No, no, they did. Curiosity seekers gave way to larger groups of partiers and looters who said about vandalizing much of the property. Asshole. And of course... Some of these parties took a dark turn. Santi, who snuck into the basement with friends in the early 90s, was stunned by what he found. Now, mind you, this is a person who lived there. So he knows what was supposed to be there and what wasn't. He said they've got pentagrams on the mirrors and stuff. Satan rituals with candles all over the place. Beer cans and debris and paraphernalia. In the bar, they smashed everything they could and took the rest of it. Do you know what so, I'm hearing? I'm hearing it, a lot of no. So... You're also hearing a lot of what assholes did in the 80s and 90s. This is what teenagers did in the 80s and 90s because they thought it was this fucking funny. Facts. They tried to summon the fucking devil. This is facts. Debaucherous tales of animal sacrifice and black magic within the walls of the decaying house may sound apocryphal, but neighbors weren't taking any chances. Linda McGill, who runs the alpaca farm that started on Babyface Nelson's old property just off Cuba Road, recalls golding her barn cats around Halloween from people looking to do animal sacrifices. Fucking animal sacrifices, goddamn. And honestly, they I would not put it past a 90s teenager to, to sacrifice a fucking black cat on Halloween. No, of course not. They would have fucking did it. And these are white kids too, remember that. Over the years, the interlopers reported a strange sight around the property. A young boy clad in fire truck pajamas nope. or blue jean overalls with a red shirt underneath. One of the superstitions that took hold was that anyone who drove down the long highway at exactly 37 miles an hour would see the face of him. Was Scott Marcus, a paranormal investigator and author of the 2008 book Voices from the Chicago Grave, learned about the 1968 death of Billy Kokonoker. He reached out to the family and relayed reports of the spirit. I was shocked, Carol says. My brother did wear overalls at the time. But to be fair, what boy in 1968 didn't wear overalls? Okay, I'll give you that one. In 1994, the federal government brought a criminal case against the patriarch of the departed family, alleging that he had bribed and defrauded the government to finance numerous suburban construction projects. He landed in prison for nine years on one count of racketeering. They always get caught for fucking racketeering. Always. And 14 counts of making false statements to banks and forced to forfeit assets totaling $8.6 million. The house on Rainbow Road sat mostly empty for more than a decade, slowly crumbling. It's once gleaming swimming pool filled with slimy water. It was almost like the woods were swallowing the house back. Eventually, yep. it was offered to the Lake Zurich Fire Department so firefighters could train with controlled burns. It was in such a state of disarray, recalls Stephen Rasmussen, a Barrington High alumnus who used to ride four-wheelers on the property. We heard these eerie sounds maybe coming from a speaker intentionally. I'm not sure if it was someone living in the house or that they were a speaker to scare us off. 
Another one of those kids, coincidentally, was Carol, who passed more than one evening partying at the remains of the house. By that point, it was just a shell of a basement, unaware that she had lived on the property more than 20 years early. My mother never told us where anything, everything happened. So basically, she was there. She didn't even realize that that's where she saw her brother die. No, ma'am. Could you imagine, no. like, just, like, vibing with your friends unintentionally at the place where you saw your brother die a horrific death no ma'am uh but progress has a way of paving over history and in 2004 a real estate developer named tim pattinson put together a deal for the land by then the whole thing had become such a nuisance that the neighbors couldn't take it anymore particularly the resident to the south whose bedroom looked onto the property he'd hear the cars and the kids and the music and the screaming because they're scared in the middle of the night He was frustrated and wanted it done and gone. While Pattinson waited to get started on a new subdivision, he spent Halloween on the property, shining a flashlight on trespassers and watching them scream and flee. Once brave enough to stop and say hello, got candy. Honestly, though, badass. Eventually, badass, but also fuck off. Yeah, like (laughs) the one asshole that's like, oh, you scared you. Okay, here's some candy. Pick a treat. Eventually, he put an alarm system, which meant constant calls to the authorities. Um, reports Jeff, uh, Christopher Cavelli, a deputy chief with the Lake County Sheriff's Office. It was worth noting that Cavelli, who grew up in the area himself, recalls driving out to Rainbow Road with friends as a teenager and listening in the dark for howls and screams they were told would come from the house. We never did hear it, he said, almost sadly. By the mid-2000s, the legends surrounding the place were spread so far that Pattinson had to field inquiries from a production company hoping to do a, quote, paranormal study of the people who were murdered in the, at the insane asylum there. Of course. There was no record of an asylum there or anywhere in the facility. <laughs> After the family moved out, the Rainbow Road property drew teenagers. Da, 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 da. Oh, wait, that was just for a picture. Pattinson took out the famous gates and put in a road in place of the long-standing driveway, Caitlin's Way, he named for his daughter, before selling off most of the property. Nothing was left of the house on Rainbow Road but stories. Still, the property haunts at least some of its former residents. Though Carol lives nearby, she has no plans to return to the site of her childhood trauma, and neither does Robin. There's a demon on that property, Robin says, and I swore I would never go back because I don't want to risk a demon inhabiting me right others seem less a concern police still get calls about trespassers and i think everyone just wants to believe they're in proximity to something exceptional um says the author that 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 doesn't mean that it's just not a normal little street and there's a hidden history that we only know about and we can pass on so these days the drive down the road is a little more than a benign jaunt through a pristine wooden suburbia migrating sandhill cranes lost lays about in the same pond where people swear they encounter ghosts anyone hoping to catch a terrifying glimpse of a rotting house scrawled on with pentagrams or a spectral boy in overalls and say get a quiet cul-de-sac if you didn't know what really happened there it would seem a lot like any other one but listen when shorty said she saw it get picked up and dropped on her brother it's a no for me dog this whole thing is a no for me because honestly 
I'm good on that shit. And honestly, these fucking assholes back in the 80s and 90s probably brought a lot more shit than what was oh, already absolutely. there. Because absolutely. you know what? That boy probably left immediately. He moved on because children rarely have unfinished business. He moved on, but people are fucking just like not letting him rest. He said, okay, if I have to deal with you guys, you guys have to deal with me too. Yeah, period. So that is our episode. That's is it. the next one Indiana? I think so. And I, girl, it's some crimes in Indiana. That place is fucking weird. Indiana is a fucking crime. Indiana is the crime. Yeah. I mean, I lived in South Bend for a little bit. I didn't. Um, um, I was born in the Midwest. She was. I wasn't. But the midwest is a hellhole and you could not pay me to move back there like honestly the only way you could get me to move back to the midwest was if we made it like a million dollars a year and then i would have to suck it the fuck up because because you'd be able to travel wherever you want exactly if we made a million dollars a year i would just not be there and have a second house right you would literally to live (laughs) like you would just be gone Period. So that is our episode on Illinois. Illinois. Illinois is. Sorry. So as always, remember to drink your water. Remember that you're that bitch and forever be that bitch. And honestly, if you can, just just avoid the Midwest. Just avoid the Midwest. Just don't go. And some of the South. Honestly, just avoid America. Yeah, America. If you can, it, it it's kind of ghetto. A little bit, a little bit. She's a trailer park. She's a trailer park girl. Go around the outside, around the outside. Get the <laughs> fuck out of town. <laughs> Good night, guys. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.